This is Miller's Edge on Tide Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. to the Miller's Edge on the Tide. Hope you're doing well. It is hump day. Yeah, we're in the middle of the week. We're about to turn the corner, getting you ready for the big game uh, for Alabama on the road down in Starkville to take on Mississippi State. And uh, we'll talk a lot about that. We'll get into breaking down that game and uh, hear from you. 205-342-9904. We got our rush around the SEC. We'll look at some some really other uh, some other good games happening in the SEC this weekend that I want to definitely uh, delve into as well and uh, talk about that, how Alabama's lining up in the SEC West. And uh, I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing from the Tide. I'm kind of liking how things are really shaping up for the Crimson Tide, and I'll tell you why that is when we get to that point here in just a little bit. But hope everybody's doing it well. Here's the hump day, wacky Wednesday as well. Uh, some things happening around the country in college football. Also, that I want to get into outside the great state of Alabama, outside of Crimson Tide Nation. I want to talk about Ryan Day and Lou Holtz for a minute. I want to talk about <laughs> the hatred that people are saying that they perceive towards Deion Sanders after being shellacked by Oregon. I want to talk a little bit about that. So we'll we'll kind of step outside a little bit today. Just I think are some interesting uh, college football. Uh, news notes, topics, type of things. I want to get into some of that as well. Christian Miller and Tuscaloosa, as well as my man Double J, Justin Jones, behind the glass uh, running the show. Hope you boys are doing well on a Wednesday. Holler at me. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, nothing much here. Same old, but uh, I, I, I think it would be interesting to kind of dive into some of those other topics. I feel like we've been... <laughs> We've been beating Alabama to a pulp in terms of talking about them. But uh, I've been watching some tape on Mississippi State, so we can talk a little bit about that as well if you want. But, um, yeah, definitely a lot of talk about Dion, which is already there already was before this past yep. weekend. <clears throat> but now even more so after they suffered their first loss. And uh, it was to Dan Lanning, who uh, I'm sure many people know this, but if you don't, he was an assistant here or an analyst, I believe. At one point when I was here, then Tosh Lupoy, who was here as a defensive coordinator in 2018 and then served as outside linebackers coach for three or four years prior, he's a defensive coordinator there. Uh, so a lot of familiar faces from the Alabama staff over at Oregon who uh, gave uh, Colorado their first loss. So that's something that's been talked about a lot. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because there's, there's a lot of takes on it. It's almost like you got two completely separate sides. One side is almost happy that Colorado lost because they're tired of hearing about Deion Sanders and that program and kind of the way they've been going about what they've been doing this season. And there's others um, who are kind of defending that. So I'm here's, I'm curious to hear where you stand on that. I, I probably have an, uh, an idea where that would be, but that definitely be something to talk about. But yeah, everything's good. The weather's good here. And uh, like I said, looking forward to talking some SEC balls. We rush around the SEC today. No doubt about it. Let's start right there before we get to breaking down Mississippi State. Nope, I'm here. I Justin, think. did we lose him? I'm here. Hello? Uh, we have him, guys. Uh, you guys both sound yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you uh, might have me on your end or something, but I'm I'm live and well. So here we go. Here's my thoughts on the whole Colorado, Deion Sanders, the going back and forth now. I know a lot of people don't 
like his boldness. A lot of people don't like his, you want to call it cockiness. I call it just spiritual confidence. Uh, people were excited. There's no doubt about it that people were excited to see the noise temper, if you will. Um, I will say this. I can understand when, when it's just like anything else. It's just like Alabama, right? When everybody, every week, every day um, is talking about Alabama and Alabama football and Nick Saban and how great they are and how they are the standard and they dominate college football. Guess what? People get sick of hearing that. Um, you know, when it was the Yankees dominating in baseball. Well, people hate dynasties. People hate to hear things over and over and over and over again about somebody or something. And the fact with Dion, who's kind of in your face, brash, the shades, the the clicks, he's always on Instagram because that's the, that's the world we live in today of social media. Um, people got sick of it. People felt like, hey, you know what? This guy hadn't done anything yet. His first coaching job in the Power Five. He, yeah, he won at Jackson State, but let's just be real. People are saying behind the scenes, well, that's just a black college and the competition is not there. So, yeah, he had all his NFL buddies and all this, you know, all the actors and stars showing up even at Jackson State. Game day went down there. Oh, yeah, it's, it's easy for him to win there. So there's no doubt in my mind that there is a jealousy factor. There's no doubt in my mind that people were pulling against him and are pulling against him. Let's just be real about it. Um, now, that being said, for me, I like it. I like it for number one, I think he is a great leader of young men. I think he is the type of dude like myself, old school, that preaches the gospel, the truth, that try to be honest and open about your past and what mistakes and failures that now he tries to to uh, give these guys that type of juice to to hopefully uh, divert them from making some of, some of the same mistakes. Uh, he talks about being a good father. He talks about being a good person. He talks about work ethic, hard work. You want to get to the league. You want to be successful. Well, this is what you do. But I, I, I preach that same message when I, you know, go out to the youth groups and church or men groups or the same message I preach. Now, I, I don't have gold chains. I can't afford all the gold chains. I don't have I don't have all of that, but I preach the same message. So do I think people are hating on Deion Sanders and pulling against him? Absolutely. For one, I know when you stand up for your faith, we've seen it with Tim Tebow. When somebody that's loud and 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 and, and somewhat seem to sit in your face, there's there's a there's groups of people out there that don't like that. They're looking for you to fail. They were glad when Tim Tebow couldn't succeed in the NFL. They look for everything that they could dig and poke to bring him down. They're doing the same thing to Dion. Do I think coaches have, I, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, I heard Keyshawn Johnson, you know, he has a reason to lie. Um, yeah, so so I get all of that. Do I think that, that there's a collective effort, effort to maybe bring him down, that he won't be successful? Of course. It's competition. He's getting all these clicks, and, and Coach said they play for clicks. Well, you're playing for them too because, let's be honest, Dan Lanning used the clicks and the camera in his locker room because he wants that type of attention on his team. Who doesn't? That's the way of the world of recruiting today. you got to be out there. you got to, to show some moxie, right? So, and I hear perfect, oh, well, you know, people are quick to say, well, this, that, and the third, and on the outside. I saw many people tweet that, oh, oh, they're looking for something. But the reality is, folks, some, some people are never going to understand until you walk in, in certain shoes. That's just the reality of it. And it's not, probably not the majority. It's probably the minority, but to say that this is not, this is non-existent, existing or non-existent is totally wrong. There are people. Do I think people pull against Prime, Coach Prime, coaches, and once, yeah, absolutely. So there's no doubt. But again, it doesn't bother him. And this is the cool thing. He understands that. That people are going to come against you. People are going to want to see you fail. That, But that pushes him. As he said, you better get me now. Because he's coming. 
because he, he ain't going to back down. He's going to keep recruiting. He's going to keep finding the right guys. They, they're not there yet. That's very obvious. Anybody would think that Oregon was much, much better? Absolutely. But you got to appreciate what he's doing. He just started. They won one game. He's already won three. He's had an upset. He beat a ranked team on the road already. All right? So he's going to have some games like that, that people are just better. And Travis Hunter didn't play the best player on offense and defense. So, listen, his defensive line is not good. I mean, he's got to work on that defense. He's got to work on some better offensive linemen. I promise he's attacking that right now. So, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with Dan Lanning, what he said about the clicks. I don't have a problem at all with Dion's been saying, what he's doing. I applaud that. I think keep pushing. And guess what? People are nervous because they understand this guy. Let's just be frank and honest. 70% of college football Division One players probably are black. Them dudes, Deion Sanders is going to be able to go into some homes, into some hoods, and... And talk to talk. People are going to know who he is. People are going to love it. Listen, this man getting all kinds of superstars. Look what the man is doing. Game days. I mean, the, the the viewership, the the money that's going to Colorado is crazy. So you don't think other teams are concerned about that? Because he has that juice. And it's not going to stop. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, listen. Is it because he's a black man? I think some sometimes that probably has something to do with it. I don't think that's the whole story. I don't. Do I think it's a, the Jesus thing? That has a lot to do with it, too. A lot of people don't like it. I mean, look at Dabo. People attack Dabo for being, you know, standing up for his faith and being loud about Jesus Christ. So all that encompasses jealousy and hatred and people want to see you fail. That's how I feel about it. I know it's a long answer, but but uh, I wanted to talk about that because answer. because it's it is what it is. I mean, we we try to uh, not you know people like Danny Cannell drives me nuts, and who who wants to wear the the Christianity band, and but his own brother he he continually wants to attack, and he don't understand that people see right through that bull dong. Okay, now, he's my former teammate, and I let him know. Brother, you got racist bones in you. I'm calling you out. And, okay, and then try to put... No, 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 no. No, you can't do that because you you say stuff that's just not right. I, and, you know, I don't have no, none of that in me. So, but I, but I don't like when people try to do that for for the fall of another person or pro, no matter program. We have fun with college football. I talk crap about Clemson all the time and Dabo, but I, I don't want to see people fall like that. You know, it's like, come on, man. Like, stop sending people jump on it, and you want to say, oh, no, see, that's the first thing. No, you keep saying certain things without really saying certain things. But people can see through that crap. And it's not right, and it's wrong. Racism is wrong on both sides. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. It's wrong, and it's sinful, and it's it's, 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 it's a heart issue. And I, and and so it's just sad well, that we have got to— Did he say anything? Did he say anything? He says so much, racist? I mean— I, mean, just, I, I think yeah. he, he, you're going off things that you thought he was saying indirectly. But let, yeah. let me offer this perspective, right? Because I like the excitement and the passion from Dion in that program. I think is great for college football. It's brought a lot of it attention is. to Colorado, a program that they won one game last year. They they had a hard time even selling tickets. Now they've sold out season tickets, you know, sold out the spring game. Uh, they started, they're off to the 3-1 start, you know, beat a top-ranked team. We're ranked in the top 25. It's, it's great. You, you said it. They're bringing in all the, the stars, and, and everybody wants to be in Colorado. Yeah, it's, it's cool, right? I respect his old-school approach. You know, that sometimes gets lost in the flashiness, uh, the, excuse me, the flashiness of, of kind of, you know, how they go about things. But he, he still is an old-school coach that mm -hmm. looks to instill valuable lessons in, in the young men that he coaches. I love that about him. You know, he's a man of faith. You know, he's very proud of that. He's very vocal about that. However... I will say that I think sometimes it kind of can come off as a little flashy or cocky at times, right? And we all know that's who he was as a player for the most part. Maybe not. Maybe some people wouldn't necessarily say that. He definitely flashy. They might not necessarily call him cocky, but uh, it, that's how people perceive it sometimes. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, as a, as a player that 
played at Alabama, and I come from a program where we all wear the same stuff, right? Black cleats, traditional uniforms. There's no, we, we really harp on no individualism. Everybody's in unison with one another. We're not about the flashiness. We're about our performance, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of what Dan Landing was saying, we'll let our, our pads do the talking. And then Oregon did release that, you know, that kind of five-minute clip or whatever it was, kind of the summary of the game. And there was a lot of pregame chatter. Those Colorado players were stomping on the logo of Oregon on yeah, their field. They got it. They got it. They yeah, deserve right? it. You know, and they were they were <laughs> cussing at uh, you know, Shiloh Sanders was cussing at players and even quote unquote threatening the coach. And I think it was Tosh Lupoy who he was directing that to. Um, so I say all that to say, you have to realize that when when you bring that type of attention on yourself and you go about things a certain way, you got to be prepared for some pushback. Right, especially when things don't go your way, right? And I, but I will say, the way he handled his post game press conference, he acknowledged that they got their butt kicked. He acknowledged that those guys got the best of them. So I respected that, right? He didn't make excuses straight up, though. You give me while you can now because we're just getting started. You know, this is going to be your time somewhere. You know, and he's right. You know, they are. You know, still young and. Uh, he is his first year. I mean, they are by far exceeding expectations. So I, I love the way he handled it because that's the only way you can handle it. He took it on the chin. He had to, right? Because when you when you start cashing all those checks that eventually can't cash, it might come back on you. But he handled it with humility and respect. So I commend him for that. So that that's the only thing I'll offer because I'll be honest. Initially, I kind of was like, man, this is a little too much for me because it is a lot. Probably because I come from Alabama, probably because I'm not a flashy person in general. I never have been a big, you know, uh, spotlight person. I don't necessarily care to have all the attention on me. I'm more of like that guy's in, you know, back of the room, just kind of just letting everybody else do their thing. I'm just chilling. So mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily one to to really, you know, be. I'm not going to gravitate towards that type of energy myself. But I do think it's fun and it's good for the game. So I I say all that to say this. I see both sides of it. I completely understand why people love it. It's different. It's exciting. These young kids are going to gravitate towards it, right? Rightfully so. They got their their usernames or their social media handles on the back of their jerseys. They're doing stuff differently, right? And I think that's cool. However, I think it's okay for people to disagree with it and not necessarily disagree with it, but it's okay for some people to not necessarily find it uh, not fun, but you know what I mean? Like, it's okay if people are kind of like, you know what? That's a little too flashy for me. That comes off a little cocky. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'd rather keep things just kind of simple and, 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 and leave it be, right? I think that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying about Danny Cannell. It seems like he's always targeting something. Right, like it's that. always, I, saw, I mean, and he's, it's I, no, Florida but, but, State. He's, he's mad what Dion said, but he got his degree from an HBCU, not Florida State, which he did. I mean, when they well, asked him about his degree, he just said, I got my degree from HBCU. Yeah, he played football there at Florida State, but he said, I got my degree from an HBCU. And Danny can there he go goes oh listen I mean he's one of them dudes it's kind of like but Stephen that's I, but you just don't it's give like, him you know, attention though. you got you got to cash checks right I'm a cash right. check guy like you you you're a tough guy on social media but let's just be real I play with you. I know who you are okay but, but don't act like you all this tough why and, even and give him attention a, though because but see, I but what I'm saying is because when, I know him give, that's why that's why but it doesn't matter when you when you tweet and respond you're just giving him more of a platform. I, I just know. would I, I get uh, it. those people you just unfollow, just turn the, turn the other way. But you know, like I said, he he he's irrelevant. That's that's those are his thoughts. I mean, he's entitled to his thoughts. It's a free country. No, no, no. Can't do anything it about it. <laughs> like no. at the end of the I day, can make you cash checks. I can make you cash some checks. What are you going to do? Line them up in Oklahoma? It's kind of like, like I told the dude from the ACC Network last week. They went to Clemson. I forget his name. He's irrelevant because I can't even remember his name. But the thing is, it's like, he's talking this, this this bull junk, right? Call me a little chicken. And I said, hey, buddy. That's y'all's rival, man. Like, it's part of yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. I said, I'm that's saying. fine. You can't take it. So- but I was like this, bro. I said, let me just tell you something. I'm old school. Now, if you really want to see what little chicken look like, you just write down I-77 at the network up there in Charlotte. And I do. We both do radio with Kyle Bailey. I said this last week on Kyle Bailey's show. He tell you, I'll cast a check. I mean, because my whole thing is, I don't have a problem with Twitter, but you want to go there, we can go there. I ain't been saved that long to where I ain't got a little side to me. <laughs> so oh I just let I just let folks know that. It's kind of like sometimes you just have to let them know that, hey, I will pull your receipt. 
I like my mama always used to tell us, don't write checks that you know you can't cash. She wasn't talking about real checks. You know, we used to talk back a little bit. She was like, don't you write a check that you know you can't cash. So I just tell, like, dude, just keep it football. Let's have fun with it. Let's let's just go. I mean, be funny, but you don't have to get personal. But but if you want to go there, you know, you just have to let people know. Not that you want to do that, but you just let them know. You just got to let them know that you know. Or, right? or, or you what, could just ignore them and just keep it pushing. I, can, I know. I can say, here's the other <laughs> cheek. The term attorney, go not, ahead and slap this cheek. one, he's, too. It's not like he's even talking to you. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of people that I don't agree with. They say silly <laughs> stuff all the time. I, I, you know what I, I do? I hit, un, I hit unfollow, and I keep worrying about what I got to worry about. I stay I'm old lane, school, like, man. I'm, I'm old. You know, I grew up a fighter. I mean, you know, we had to fight. I had to fight my way out of business if I need to take you know, care of business, you know but they're not directing towards me or anybody else, you, you know? As T.D. Jake said, you could be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. But boy, some people want to take you there. They want to take you there now. You know, the God yeah, help but me. I, Lord, but help I, me. I, I, what you got to realize <laughs> is they're getting what they want by you responding. Like they're, they're doing it intentionally. So you're literally giving yeah, in to them. They're, they're, they're beating you really. each time you respond. Yes, they are. No, you responded. I ain't responded lately. I, I just, I spoke You just my responded piece. like two days ago. That's it. I, I just let him have it. That was it. And I walked out the room. Nah, now, you got to let that so, one you know, go, homie. If you want to make another deposit, bro. Nah, I'm just kidding. Let me just stop. But anyway, that's yeah. what we think about the whole Dion thing. I mean, I just wanted to say, because it's getting a lot of chatter. Um, the, I'm, I'm in agreement with Christian. It's, it's, it's hard for some people that don't. That's fine. I mean, you know, but I think overall, you got to applaud the job that he's doing. You got he is a leader of men. Uh, you know, like he said, that five-star cornerback, he won't play him. He said, just hey, you got to study. You got to commit. You got to do your film study. You got to build meetings on time. I don't care what star. See, I like that, right? Some people will play the kid anyway. He said, nah, you ain't playing. And they got their number one corner out. They got a five-star sitting there. He puts him on the bench. See, that's what I'm saying. We need more of that in this world to hold these young people accountable. Yeah, he's like the flash. Hey, but you get the flash when you do what you're supposed to do, when you work hard. Then this could be some of the things that you can have and get in this world, right? But he ain't going to hand you no trophy. He ain't know everybody gets a trophy, guy, which is what our world looks like today. We got to hit a break. We come back. Let's talk Mississippi State. Let's talk can the Bulldogs pull an upset against the Tide after a big win over that other Mississippi team. We'll discuss that on the flip. We're sponsored by our good friends. Oh, God, the Good Feet Store. That's what they call it, the America's Art Support Expert. But you got me riled up already. Let's go. We'll be back in a moment. Join Tide 100.9 this Friday from 12 to 10. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Very warm this afternoon, partially sunny, a small chance of a shower through the evening. The high today, 89, tonight's low, 68. For tomorrow and Friday, the sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 84 and 87 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The Alabama Crimson Tide, that's what they're doing right now, is winning. Despite all the doubt, despite all the question marks at quarterback and other positions, they are finding a way to win. 3-1 and one on the season. They get ready to head down to Mississippi State, another SEC West opponent. And a game in which they should win. It's going to be a late game, 9 o'clock here Eastern time, 8 uh, back there. But, uh, man, that's going to be a late, late start. But this team has a lot of good things to build off of. And to get things going in the right direction, go to 2-0 and in the SEC in the SEC West. Uh, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a game that's very, very winnable uh, for the Tide. So we want to talk about that game. I know Christian been watching some film. I watched 
the game last week that Mississippi State played here, Mississippi State played here, excuse me, in Columbia. And offensively, really, Christian changed their identity. They they've been trying to run the ball up to this point. I mean, the passing was really non-existent. Uh, they, I mean, you got a quarterback that has thrown for. 18,000 miles in, in 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 college football and then they all of a sudden want to get rid of the Mike Leach air raid offense and um and run it well that wasn't working too well when LSU came into town a couple of weeks ago and and just had their way with them Jalen Daniels had one of his career days playing some football there but but listen this is a game that you always got to pay attention to right a team that's lost uh, two in a row uh, a team that's trying to find their way, which to me becomes a dangerous game. Alabama ha- having some success last week against Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Uh, they could come in now maybe a little bit confident, maybe a little bit overlooking uh, a team like Mississippi State, and you find yourselves uh, in a ball game, especially when them people had all day to drink and get good and up, toasty up, and um, them cowbells going on. So this is a game that I think uh, attention to detail is going to be key. Uh, to take that crowd out the game early and, and imposing their will on Mississippi State. But this is for sure a game Alabama should win, uh, in my opinion, very easily. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, honestly, I mean, that's the interesting thing about this game. Yeah, it's the. I think the most important thing is it's the first SEC road game, right? So it's going to be a good challenge for the team. And they're coming off a good performance against Ole Miss, at least that second half. They can build off that. I think it'll be good, but... Definitely good challenge, you know, especially for for Jalen Milrow facing, you know, in a, in a you know, in a away game in SEC. He came in against Arkansas and did just fine. So uh, I'm not too concerned there, but that's definitely something to look at. But when you look at Mississippi State, you said it, you know, typically with Mike Leach, the late Mike Leach, you know, air raid, air raid offense looking to throw the ball, but definitely have been more of a, a run first team. I'm looking at their statistics right now. They're, they're running back uh, Jaquavius Marks is uh, second lead in rusher in the SEC with 352 yards. And Will Rogers is like eighth in the SEC in passing. So they definitely have been running the football uh, a lot more with this offense. However, you said it last week against South Carolina, we saw them really uh, airing the football. And they, they hit the passing game a lot. Excuse me, hit the passing game a lot. And their wide receiver, I can't remember his name, but he was just all over the place. And uh, I, I'll tell you, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the approach that they take with Alabama, who has done a really nice job stopping uh, the run so far this year. I feel like they've, they've, they've done pretty well. Um, but they've also, the secondary to me, has almost been one of the, the highlights uh, of the defense. So I'm curious to see which approach they take. But when I look at Mississippi State's defense, you know, they are aggressive. They like to bring pressure, like to bring those middle linebackers a lot, a lot of cross dogs and things of that nature, but they'll attack the football. They're, they do a really nice job of forcing turnovers, right? I need to see uh, their turnovers, where they where they rank there, but um, they definitely do a good job forcing turnovers, so that's something to look out for. I think Alabama's going to have to do a really good job of protecting the football in this game. Uh, I've seen them punching footballs out. They've come up with some nice interceptions, so that's going to be something to look out for. Uh, but they, they are vulnerable to big plays. Um, I don't know if they just have a lot of busts in coverage, but I watched the LSU game, the South Carolina game, and even the Arizona game. And whether it's through the air, like busts in coverage, or they get caught on these pressures, so they're playing man, and everybody has their back turned, uh, these quarterbacks are able to scramble and make big plays with their legs. So, um, you know, watching them on tape, I'll be honest, I, I agree with you. I think it should be a pretty solid game for Alabama. I think definitely get the win. I, I would go as far as saying by at least two touchdowns. Uh, but we know how this goes, Keep going on the road, those damn cow, uh, cowbells or whatever they're called, kettlebells, cowbells. <laughs> I mean, it probably will be a little bit of a distraction. So I think the and the last thing I'd say is being disciplined. You know, don't let the the environment, don't let being on the road change anything. Don't let it get you off your game. Make sure we're disciplined, we're communicating. Don't beat ourselves, and we should handle them pretty easily. Not you know, not trying to give rat poison, but in my opinion, after watching them on tape, I, I definitely think this is a two-score uh, type of football game for Alabama. I mean, the key in this type of ball game, because as I watched last week, you know, South Carolina uh, had a lot of big plays in this ball game. Spencer Rattler, I think, up until the fourth quarter was like 17 or 17. I mean, he was dropping dimes all over the place, right? Uh, the offensive line, the young offensive line of South Carolina, who's starting some freshmen, true freshmen, really – 
you know, you're talking about an offensive line that's gotten better. You know, we saw, saw him the first week against North Carolina, nine sacks and like 16 uh, negative plays. Uh, this team, despite losing some players and then playing freshman offensive line-wise, kudos to Shane Beamer have gotten better. But watching that game last week, you know, South Carolina continued to, to attack. They ran the football uh, extremely well and, and consistent uh, against the front of Mississippi State, a team that uh, coming into the year, a lot of folks were talking about how good this defense is, especially uh, the linebacker play of Mississippi State. But they are aggressive. They don't hold back. I mean, they, they do a lot of cross bucks and uh, a lot of blitzes of trying to bring pressure up the gut. They'll bring pressure off the outside as well. Uh, they try to create uh, big plays on defense, which in turn get, gets them in a lot of trouble. And in South Carolina had several explosives. Uh, Xavier Leggett uh, called a little just a crossing route, man, and he took it to the house. I mean, they 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 measured the speed. That's been the fastest, even more so than Tyreek Hill. This dude about 225 for South Carolina and just ran past the entire defense of Mississippi State. So this is a game I think you go on the road this late. As I talked about, it's going to be loud. Everybody gets up for Alabama. Like that's, it won't be the same Mississippi State that I saw last week because they're at home, and it's Alabama. You know, everybody's going to play their best football against the A. And you have to expect that. So a game like this, though, Christian, they got to get back to continuing uh, the running game, starting early in that, not waiting until the second half, but starting early punching these guys in the mouth with, with Jace McClellan and, and, and that, that group of running backs that they have. That They should be able to control the line of scrimmage. When they're going to blitz, well, they should be able to pop some big runs. You know, because that's, that's what you do when you bring pressure. You know, sometimes you find that little little bit of crease, and there he goes. And so I think to to see Alabama do that in the running game, controlling the line of scrimmage, controlling the clock, hitting some big plays uh, with Jalen Miro, who we know throws an excellent deep ball. I think we're going to see uh, several of those in this ball game. I think you're going to see them attack uh, Mississippi State on the, on the outside. Why? Because we talked about their high-pressure team. Well, what do you get? Well, you get one-on-one on the outside. That means Burton, Bonds, and uh, Jalen Hale, the young freshman receiver, and these guys got to win. Uh, they're going to be playing press coverage. They got to be able to get off the line of scrimmage and get get open early. I think so. You know, you're going to see some of these things. And I think the defense of Alabama is just I'm, – I'm, I'm so impressed with them, and I've been watching some national shows, and, and everybody's talking about how well the defense is playing – if this defense can't continue to get better, I love the secondary. I love Kool-Aid. I love Terrion Arnold, who I think people talk about, talked about going after him, challenging him on the outside. He has showed up and showed out. All they have done is raise his draft stock, raise his money game, because he, he has played phenomenal. Uh, the safeties, Caleb Downs, who I thought played extremely well, is getting comfortable back there. A uh, 13. Oh, we might have lost Corey there. Christian, are you still here? So we actually lost him there that time. <laughs> First time, I think I got cut out. This, this time, it actually might have been uh, him that got lost. But, um, yeah, I'll just finish up real quick on kind of piggybacking what he was saying in terms of uh, with them bringing that pressure that finds they find themselves getting in trouble. That That's the more I think about it. If I had to guess, I would probably say that more than likely they're probably going to be even more aggressive this game because the number one they know when Alabama gets their running game going it sets everything else up and number two I think they're going to try to challenge Jalen Milrow to beat us with his arm so with that being said I would guess they're going to be aggressive they're going to bring you know bring guys here and there because you can do that against the run too right you can be disruptive have guys penetrate and and uh, help stop the run there uh, but also obviously on passing situations you're definitely you know forcing the issue with the quarterback trying to force air to throw. So that's what I think they'll do. Hopefully Alabama is prepared for that, which I'm sure they will be. And they can expose that. They can capitalize off of it and have big plays themselves. Because, again, if you guys you know get bored and you want to go back, go back and watch um, the South Carolina game. And you'll see Spencer Rattler had a, a huge game through the air. And there was a lot of just big play opportunities because of how aggressive they are. So Alabama is definitely uh, going to have to capitalize off of that. Um, if they want to have success in this ball game, and obviously protect the football because this is a ball hawking team. They're going to go after it. They're going to try to punch it out. They're going to try to come up with picks. Got to protect the football to give yourselves a chance. And I'll be honest, I think defense is going to take care of business. We saw what LSU's defense was able to do um, against Will Rogers in this offense. So I think as long as defense carries in that momentum, you know, the pass rush has been 
uh, remarkable as of late. They've done a really nice job of forcing the issue on the defensive line. And the secondary, obviously, has been taking care of business. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup. I think it's a, it's a good first SEC road game. I definitely think so. Before you go and take on Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. Let's go ahead and take a quick timeout before we do that. I want to remind you guys about my good friends over at the Good Feet Store. If you're in any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, or back pain, head on over to the Good Feet Store now and get that taken care of, care of with their premium arch supports. I also got to remind you guys about Buffalo's Cafe because tonight is wing night. It's bash night. All-you-can-eat wings for $17.99. You don't want to miss out. It also is all-you-can-eat french fries or chips, whatever you like with it. The food is great. The service is great. Go check those guys out. I think it starts at 5 or 5.30. goes to about 9 o'clock. That's all-you-can-eat wings at bash night. And always remember, Fridays of home game weekends. Come kick off game day weekend the right way with the Miller's Edge at Buffalo's Cafe where we are live from 11 to 1. We're going to take a quick timeout. Then we're going to head the phone lines the rest of the way. Let you in on the conversation. You're listening to the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. We'll be right back. Championship. Heading for the pylon. Get the race. Wins the race. Touchdown, Alabama. Built by Bama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide head to Starkville to battle Mississippi State. Our coverage begins at 5 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. Hey, it's Christian from our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Kane is in the building. Welcome back to the Middle's Edge. Rush around the SEC. We got your phone calls here in this last segment. Just real quick before we hit to Tommy and Ramos. Uh, there's some pretty good games uh, happening. And uh, we'll get to those in just a moment. And and I want to ask Christian which one he's uh, really interested in, in watching. You know, game like that used to be really big, like Georgia and Auburn. That game used to be real big. Is it still big? Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll get into South Carolina, headed up to good old Raggedy Top. Woo! South Carolina beat them down, hung a 63-piece on them last year. A hooker got hurt, and uh, now they got this scuttlebutt going on. I want to talk about this, Christian, a little bit uh, about payback. And they're talking payback because, you know, Marcus Lattimore got basically career-ended against Tennessee at home years ago. And now some fans, which is just something you shouldn't do. Uh, Hooker gets hurt here in Columbia last year, out for the season. Now they're talking about payback and injuries. Even Josh Heupel has said that this is ridiculous and fans shouldn't get into this type of stuff. So we'll get into that here in just a moment. We rush around the SEC. But first, let's go to the phone lines, 205-342-9904, and speak with my friend, Tommy from Romulus. Tommy, welcome. Hey, man. How are y'all today? Man, we are doing excellent, and we hope that you are. I'm doing great. Doing great. The game I would be interested in watching besides the Alabama one 
is the Ole Miss and LSU. Because I think now Lane Kiffin made his comment last week about this might be the last time I can get to coach against Nick Saban. <laughs> I think he might be getting on the hot seat. You think? Because Already? He's 0-4 against Saban. And uh, his mean, last, you gotta look this up to see if I'm telling y'all a misprint. I lie a lot. Uh, his last eight SEC games, didn't he lose about five or six of them? He lost so. several, yeah. Yeah, he's on a losing streak and it's not looking good. And like you said, his offensive line could not keep Alabama out because we got pressure on his quarterback. As a matter of fact, is one of his worst offensive outputs against Alabama since he's been at Ole Miss. I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to start rumor, but that's some reason I'm really looking into that because I'm like, he's 1-19 against top 10 teams. And I'm mm. like, or 1-18. It's not very good. It's that's legitimate. Your point's legitimate, though. I'm with I you on that, Tommy. Making, yeah. I, I think he was making that comment about Coach Sig, because I thought it was iffy at first, but then I, I think he was referring to the fact that in 24, they're going to, like, the division list. And so yeah. probably won't be guaranteed we'll be playing them or something like that. I think that yeah. had something to do with it. But, yeah, no, I mean, it is interesting. He probably knew what he was doing, though, almost implying that. He knew it would kind of be, you know, a little muddy where people would interpret it as if he thinks either Coach Saban's on his way out because uh, he's going to retire soon or that he might not be at Ole Miss. I don't know. But we know the tactics that he likes to play. Oh, yeah. And I'm just turning around like, well, hey, Lane, how you going? One in 19? You might not be there in two years. I mean, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to wish the man no bad luck, but that's the game I really would like to see. I mean, listen, though, Tommy. Listen, though. If he gets fired from Ole Miss, right? Yes. I can see Lane coming back to Tuscaloosa like and working for Nick Saban as an offensive coordinator. Wouldn't that be pretty sweet? That ain't yeah. happening. Well, Him and yeah, Nick got a really good relationship. You saw Nick smiling and how they gazed in each other's eyes and when they shook hands after the game. Want yeah. to go from being a head coach back to a coordinator under Coach Saban? Only this reason is, here. Oh, no, let, 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 me go. let me say this. Only way he would do that if it, if they promised him head coach and sitting or something like that. Then I think he would consider that. Well, just tell him that and don't do it. But, I mean, the thing is, like, I'm just kidding. The That's thing is, right. though, if he gets fired, as Tommy just alluded to that record, I mean, who's going to – does he get another big-time Power 5 job? No, I don't think so. But will he get oh, a big-time yeah, offensive coordinator job and make three, two and a half, three million? Absolutely, because he just signed an extension now. You know, remember, he he held Ole Miss hostage, and he was going to these big-time places, right? And he got this big-time extension, so they would owe him a lot of money. Well, yeah, going about that, you know how he held them hostage – when Auburn was coming courting, I right. think now he wanted an Auburn job, but somebody told him, you ever take that job, you'll never coach at Alabama as a head coach. I still think he got a lot of work and uh, refinement to do before he became a head coach out here. He got too much sluggish. Well, listen, if he could turn it around and then Nick, you know, Nick retires soon because they don't want Dabo anymore. I mean, Dabo is three and four in his last seven games. Y'all know that? Clemson is three and four. Why do you know that? You because I, I, I covered him. I mean, I do a TV show with Clemson. Okay, so that's I, fair. I, I, yeah, that's fair. Tell your son, know thy enemy. No, but I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, Tommy. <laughs> I don't like him as much as he done. But I try. I told him this this advice earlier, Tommy. When you have issues with people, they bother you, they annoy you, you don't like them. You know, the best thing you can do is leave unfollow, walk away, because all you're doing is giving them a platform and wasting your own energy trying to respond and keep... I don't do that, Tommy. That's all I'm saying. That, that's, But I get it. He covers Clemson, so that makes sense. I thought he just was doing it because he didn't like yeah. him. I was like, man, I couldn't even well, tell I don't like him. I mean, like, Clemson any Alabama fan week, don't, I don't like watch Auburn. Him, I don't care about him. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Tommy, hardly, Tommy, do you I, like I anything Auburn about Auburn? Do you like anything about Auburn, Tommy? I don't like anything. them. They in the state of Alabama. I think they should just leave and go to Georgia. <laughs> I think they should just move out to Georgia. Yeah. There yeah. you go. See, yeah, that probably yeah. wouldn't be yeah. bad. I, I mean, I only watch them when I have to. If I'm breaking down tape, we got to watch them. I watch them. But I don't turn them on. I mean, like that. 
That's the only time they'll get my viewership. Exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't like them either. So, Tommy, man, appreciate you, brother. Hopefully we'll see right. you uh, next week out at the place. All two right, weeks, now. right? Two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks. Y'all be good. Be well, my friend. We love yes, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. And Romulus. Let's go back to the phone lines again. We've taken it to the people now, 205-342. And let's talk to Denon. Denon, thanks for holding, man. Hope your day is going well. Man, I'm off today, so it's always going good. Ooh, that's a great time right. there, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. I need to catch up with you a little bit because I'm at work. I can't really call and talk. <clears throat> but um, I remember after after uh, the South Florida, what the game is where they benched Milro. Um, I started doing photography back in 2009, 10, 11. And I think uh, Christian could probably tell you, like, I've seen a lot of times in practice, Coach Staben is watching every aspect, everything. I mean, I think yep. the third or fourth practice I covered, I was sitting there, you know, he was with the DBs 150 yards, 100 yards away, and I was there doing photography in front of the linemen. Well, yeah, he has the guy that holds the horn. They blow the horn, everything stops. Saban takes off running 100 yards with a lineman working out and said, now line up again. He said, you're pulling left. If I can notice this from 100 yards away, the lineman across in front of him is going to eat your lunch. Well, in so many mm. words, he said some other words. And I, and I go back to after the press conference after the game in, in, in South Florida. The most important thing I think Milro heard was, he said, Jalen became the leader I've been looking for. Mm. And he didn't even play. And I think if Ty Simpson and whoever's third, ever how the row is, third, fourth, fifth behind Ty Simpson, I hope they paid attention. Saban was looking for Jalen to be a leader, vocal, visually, and he did it while sitting on the sideline, not even playing. I think that was the leader that wow. Saban was waiting for. He was watching. He was looking. Now, I mean, I know that y'all have had Blake Barnett on your show, and I, I really like the guy. I mean, I've covered him from day one. But if you go back and look, I remember my dad told me, he said, the day, the game that Blake Barnett, well, Blake might tell you this, I don't know. When they benched Blake, in my dad's words, he said, Blake Barnett stood over there on the bench with his lip poked out, and that was it. He didn't get up. He didn't talk. He did nothing. And I think Saban said, okay, fine. If you're not going to stand up and be a leader when you're playing second string, I don't need you to be a leader on the field. Because I remember Blake sort of got, it, mentally it broke Blake, I think, when he got benched. Maybe something had never happened before. So I think the biggest turn in Mil and Milrow's thing was he said, you know what? I got to be a leader, whether I'm third, second, first, whatever. And I think we've seen that last week after the play. He stood up, and I mean, and, and I think the people jumped on his side more. I mean, I've been on it since day one, but and as a matter of fact, just now I'm watching the replay here on uh, SEC Network from this past weekend. So, I mean, I, I think they got to realize Saban is watching them more than they think. Even when they're not even on the field, he's watching. What are you doing? You're over there goofing off. Are you watching the field? Are you paying attention? What is your, what is your, what is your, how, how deeply are you bought into this team, even when you're not playing? And I think that's where Saban saw them. I mean, if Jalen had still there and not been the vocal leader in Florida, would he be the starter? I don't know. But I think the most important thing Saban said was, I seen the leader in Jalen I've been looking for. And he didn't play that's a snap. Good. That's, that's a very powerful point, Chris. You probably know more about that than me, but that, I think that's a that's a very powerful yeah. uh, statement and point. No, it definitely is. I mean, now, you know, and I, I'll be honest. Would he still be the starter even if he didn't necessarily handle it uh, as properly as he did? Absolutely. At this point in time, yeah, yeah. he's with the best player. <laughs> so well, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be honest. He would have got it. I think... I still go back to... I think he probably would have been, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just would say, knowing him, he, he wanted... You know, he knew that that USF game, that approach would, you know, offer multiple uh, answers to multiple questions, meaning, yeah, you know, what can the other guys offer? That I think that was the most important thing. I, I never believed it was about necessarily Jalen Milrow, right? Obviously, if he went out and threw five touchdowns and zero interceptions, they probably yeah. would have started him, USF, then played the other guys at the end. But... I think they answer the question, what can the other guys contribute right now? We found that out, answer out. And how will Jalen oh, yeah. respond to this adversity? We found that answer yeah. out. So, that, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I think it's a little bit of both. And I, and, and you you know him, you know, well, because, you you know, you like you said, you're a photographer, you're all, at all those practices, and you know how he is. I mean, it's, there's a lot more to it than just 
what you do on a football field. I mean, you and I both can, can say that. And I definitely can oh, yeah. because people ask me all the time, oh, why do we have all these five stars, but they're not playing? And it's very similar to what Dion was saying. You know, they're just not ready. You know, to, to be no. uh, 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 you know impact player here at Alabama and a contributor, you've got to know and understand your assignment. If not, you're a liability. You're putting the whole team oh, yeah. at risk because he can't put you out there if you don't know what you're doing. It doesn't matter how talented you are. If you don't know what you're doing, you're, you're putting us at risk of having mental errors and busts, and that's going to lead to explosive plays, and you're putting us in a bad position. So, you know, he, oh, yeah. he definitely is one step ahead of, of everybody when he makes these decisions. And that's why, ultimately, I try to, for the most part, to stick with what he's doing. He might not be perfect every time, but I've learned to just kind of trust in his process. Cause I got to trust him. Majority of the time. Yeah, I'm going to try to go and see you. I'm off the weekend, the Friday before the Tennessee game, the LSU game. So I'm going to come up there and try to talk to you all and meet you all face-to-face. Oh, it's going to be and, on fire for them games. You better come over there. Oh, yeah. and, we gonna have, we gonna and, and, as far as, and as far as Dabo goes, I'll share a story with you all one day, a certain loss in California. I rode, a plane, rode the plane back, and I was sitting next to Dabo Sweeney's agent wife. And let's just oh, say man. she was really talk. She was really talking it. Yeah, I want to know. Hey, can we? Can we? Here's my number. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, oh, she and, but, but, and, and the thing I did though, she told me that Dabo Swinney would never be the coach at Alabama. Well, but she never would go well, into. She would never go into down. details. Yeah, yeah. Never into details. We yeah. get you <laughs> one day and, and break that one down for us. Yeah, when I got more time, I'll call. Hey, God right, bless. Brother. Have a great day. Roll Tide. Bless you, my friend. Yes, sir. Roll Tide. Wing night tonight, though. We you know we got to get out of here, Christian, but let's, real, real quick, wing night, right? Bash night? That's right. No? Bash night at Buffalo's Cafe. I'll be there. And remember, always go uh, follow us and subscribe on YouTube at the Miller's Edge to stay up to date. We'll be going live again tomorrow for the Miller's Edge Extra. So thank you for supporting us there. God bless everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Right on the tie. Stay tuned for big news sports. May the Lord bless everybody. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily, always live.